Would you give them a hand? Don't you appreciate? Thanks. Transformed an awesome job, and, and uh, I made sure we, we told Josh that we wanted to particularly keep the drummer, uh, since that uh, I have an affinity for drummers. <laughs> and uh, and uh, just awesome job. And uh, appreciate your ministry, appreciate what you do, and I understand what you guys do. That's not always easy from church to church and place to place. And I know the sacrifice that you make for homework and, uh, and all the things that you have to do that uh, others aren't doing for, for a little bit, but not a whole lot of money. And uh, we, we're praying for you guys, and we appreciate you. And, and we do support our, our Nazarene universities and Christian universities in, in this congregation. i just just curious, if, stand... If you attended or attend either a Nazarene University or a Christian University, would you just stand so we could uh, show our support? And uh, okay, yeah, we have uh, all sorts. And uh, yeah, we have Olivet. We have Mount Vernon. Bob, you were Olivet, okay? And we Mount Vernon didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. Bob went to school during the Civil War, and. But we have them spread all out, and we're praying for you guys. and really appreciate your ministry. And what an awesome song, uh, the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. And you know, there's power in the name of Jesus. Can we just say that name together? Jesus. Not, not just that we know about Jesus, but we know Jesus, that we have this intimate relationship with him. And I tell you, what, what an awesome um, opportunity. What an awesome time of worship this morning. Thank you, team. Anybody ever get anything free? You like free things? Uh, several years ago, Terry signed up for a free vacation. Uh, you ever, ever sign up for one of those free vacations? <laughs> and so we went to Florida, and you know we had this free free vacation. And you know I'm not going to say, but free cost us more than mo- most vacations we'd ever been on. And all we had to do was one short meeting. Right? <laughs> Anybody else ever do that? Right? Yeah. And uh, so we did this short meeting, and, and they were slick about it. Um, you know, it, it wasn't close to our vacation site. <laughs> it, it, they, they put us in a bus and took us across Florida <laughs> uh, to, to this place. And it was one of the most depressing events of my life. Uh, that, that they were asking us, it's one of these places where you, um, where you had all sorts of activities, and they, they said, okay, do you golf? No. Do you fish? No. And they went through the litany of things uh, that you could possibly do for leisure, and we did none of them. Uh, we had two kids under four, and all we did were kids' things. <laughs> and so we were there, and it was supposed to be, you know, what do they say, an hour? Give us an hour. Uh, like three hours later, uh, you know, we were still in there trying to get out uh, of this short meeting, and and I can remember Dylan was just a baby, and Dylan got sick, and Wyatt got sick, and diapers were bad. And, and let me tell you, I didn't change him any. I was hoping they would send us on our way. <laughs> We've all experienced that, where, where there's something, but there's a catch. Uh, maybe, and, and see, I'll date myself. Uh, maybe Ed McMahon <laughs> came to your door because you were already a winner, right? You always, you always open that up. Hey, you may already be a winner. I was never a winner when I got those. I don't know about you. Those free things, those, those things that are 
are, are, are too good to be true. Remember this. If it seems too good to be true, most likely it is too good to be true. <laughs> and we've all experienced that in our life. And, and now we're talking about the gospel and what Jesus promises. And, and, and Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So, so Jesus makes this tremendous, this awesome opportunity available to anyone. If you're anyone here today, raise your hand, right? Okay. <laughs> anyone. If anyone would come to me. And, and, and it almost seems like it's too good to be true. But it's not. Of all these opportunities that, that, that seem beyond expectations, Jesus extends an invitation to anyone, and it's true and it's real. Anyone is welcome. Whatever your past is, whatever you've went through this morning, you are welcomed by Jesus. Anyone can be a follower of Jesus. Now, now, we live in this jaded world, right? We live in a world where we're looking constantly for the catch. You know, what, what's the catch? What's the hold back? What, what's the fine print? What, what, what's, what's the real scoop here? But there's no fine print. There's no catch. There's no hidden fees. This call to follow is open to anyone. Now, now, we see this in the example of Jesus. Je Jesus was a rabbi, and, uh, you know, Jesus was, was a different rabbi than most. <laughs> Je Jesus was a homeless rabbi. He was a poor rabbi. He, he, he was unconventional. And Jesus called followers, students, talents to him. Maybe we can call them Padawans. You guys are familiar with the thing? Yeah. <laughs> He called students. Now, now, most of the times, when a rabbi would call a student, he would call those, it would, it would be an honored opportunity. You know, to, to be a student of a rabbi meant position. And, and it, was, it was an exclusive position. And, and most people in the, in the day of Jesus did not qualify, did not measure up to become a student of a rabbi. There were very few people who could measure up and become a student of a rabbi. And most of the time, people ended up, if they had this, this aspiration, if they had this dream of being a student of a rabbi, most people ended up not making the grade. And they would end up learning a trade or, or becoming a fisherman or, or, or something of that nature. See, there was a really high application process. <laughs> and those of you who are in school, going to school, you understand the application process to get to the finest schools. And you have to have the right GPA, the, the right SAT scores, you have to go be in the right clubs. You have to do the right things to, to, to make the grade, to get into the schools you want to get into. And it was the same for these students of these rabbis. 
They, they, they had to be able to, to, to quote extensive scripture. They, they had to be able to answer hard questions. They, they, they had to be able to, to, to go through this process that wasn't easy. They had to demonstrate this impressive knowledge of scripture. Why? Because the students represented the rabbi. And the ones that were following that rabbi would be those who represented to the world what this rabbi was all about. And so these rabbis only wanted the best and the brightest, the smartest, the ones that looked the most favorable. Because if their students were favorable, people would esteem the rabbi as favorable. And Jesus, Jesus turned this upside down. Jesus had a completely different measure of who could be a student, who could be an intimate follower of him. Tax collector? <laughs> sure. Yeah, you're willing to leave this booth and follow me? Yeah. Fishermen? <laughs> Zealots? Jesus turned this upside down. Let's, let's go ahead and play this video, Dave. When Jesus said to Matthew, follow me, he was making it clear that his invitation to follow is not just for the religious elite or for the morally upright, for those who have their lives together. His invitation is for all of us who are hiding some stains. Jesus said, anyone who would come after me must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Anyone. Anyone is a pretty inclusive word. Anyone can follow Jesus. Anyone who's ever thought to themselves, I've gone too far, my stain is too big. Anyone who's ever laid awake at night and said, I can't believe what I've done. Anyone who's ever looked in the mirror and said to themselves, I can't believe what I've become. Anyone can follow. Anyone is welcome. And Jesus makes this clear in the choosing of his disciples. And people were, frankly, shocked by the choices that Jesus made. His changing paradigms. If a tax collector, and see, we, we, we have to understand, in, in this culture, in this day, a tax collector was not just some simple IRS agent, but it was a, a traitor, someone who took from them and gave to the Romans and took on top of, uh, of what they had to take for the Romans for themselves. They were thieves and traitors. And if someone like that can become a student, then anyone can. See, anyone means everyone. You know, the church, this church, should be for anyone. It should be for anyone. It's, it's not just for the, the, the exclusive, and, and, and it should be for anyone at all times. Can, can we admit, though, that, that when the church is open to anyone and everyone, it can become uncomfortable? Amen? I mean, if we really live this and we live the example of Jesus where, where anyone can come and begin to be a follower, church can become a little bit uncomfortable for us middle-class 
Americans who are accustomed to our church culture. When we turn this upside down and we, and we get past all of our unwritten codes. You know, we have unwritten codes in the church, right? We have unwritten dress codes. You know, there, there are certain things that you wear and certain things that you don't. We have unwritten musical codes. We have unwritten political codes. You've got to think and you've got to speak and you've got to look a certain way to come to church. Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus didn't have rules that kept people from coming to him, but Jesus was open to everyone. Folks, the church, our church, can we just be particular? Our church has to get past unwritten codes that prevent people from coming to Jesus. If we have unwritten codes that keep people from Jesus, we do not belong to him and we do not represent him to our community. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I, I know it's not even maybe what we, we want, but, but, but sometimes, folks, we, we have to accept people who do not look a certain way and talk a certain way and think a certain way because they're coming from another perspective. We need to welcome them and love them and practice hospitality. Now, I, I think that's good news for us. Our vision statement's what? Ordinary people following Jesus. I mean, that, that's who we say we are. Is we're just ordinary people that have decided to follow Jesus. And so that means at some point, everyone in this room didn't have it all together. And you began this process of following Jesus. Now it's possible. Who all grew up in the church? Raise your hand. All right, look at that. We're all church-going folks. So you know the lingo, you know the dress code, you know the music code, you probably even know the moral code. You've got everything down, and culturally you understand. But what about those people that haven't been raised in the same culture? Do we become a barrier to them coming into a relationship with Jesus? Or do we just say, listen, we're ordinary people following Jesus. And, and however you are, you come just as you are. I think there's a song like that, isn't there? <laughs> just as I was. Now, what was that? And I think I've probably over the course of my life probably sang that song like 8,000 times. Because you know, just as I am, we have to get to the eighth verse before people come to Jesus, right? <laughs> just as I am. Without one plea. Without one excuse. And see, the church, if we're to be Jesus, the church has to be a place where somebody can come in those back doors and sit in a pew, sit, we don't have pews, I'm sorry, sit in a chair, without us judging them before we know anything else about them. 
See, Jesus didn't judge. Jesus, Jesus brought, allowed people, ordinary people, to come to him. There, there wasn't pre-existing qualifications. They didn't have to go through a, a, a three-part application. They didn't have to go through an interview process. They didn't have to get everything right before they began to follow. But Jesus called them just as they were. No excuses. See, see no qualifications means... No excuses. Well, Jesus, I'm, I'm a fisherman. You know, I, 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 I've never been able to live to the standard of the Pharisees. It's okay. Leave your nets behind and follow me. Jesus, I'm a tax collector. They hate me. And I got to tell you, I've done some things. I've done some things that I'm not proud of. It's okay. Leave your past and follow me. You know, the, the remarkable thing in the ministry of Jesus, to me at least, and, and I think because of our culture, we, we, we fail to see it oftentimes, is Jesus calling women to follow him. They're not listed in the 12 disciples. They're, they're not the 12, but they're clearly intimate followers of Jesus. Women among those who are his students. And we come to, to the upper room. It's not just men that are there, but it's women. And in a culture where a woman would not be included, Jesus says, forget cultural norms. Forget what other people are saying. You come after me. There, there's not some pre-existing, uh, there, there's not a glass barrier. There's not some pre-existing qualifications. The only qualifications, are you willing? Are you willing to come to me? Now, let me ask you, what, what excuses have you made to, to move from fan to follower? See, in this room this morning, there, there's some... I don't know how many, but, but, but I believe that there's some that you have held back in full force following Jesus. You've got these pre-existing qualifications, and, and maybe you're thinking in your mind, when I get this straightened out, when I get past this, when I'm able to live like this, when I'm able to do this, when, when, I, when I'm able to eliminate this, then I'm going to start following Jesus. And you're holding back because you think you have to come to him with qualifications, with excuses. Maybe you're saying, well, when I'm not so busy. <laughs> or, or, or maybe I'm not good enough. Or, or maybe I'm not smart enough. Or, or, or maybe I don't feel like I'm worthy. But, but there's these qualifications, and, and Jesus wants to turn that upside down. Jesus doesn't have pre-existing qualifications. He just says, come. Amen. Maybe it's your past. Yeah, the, uh, our past and what's in our past can be something dynamic that lifts us up and moves us forward, or our past can hold us back, Right? And all of you, your, your past is a mixture. In your past are things that you'd like to forget and there's things you should dwell on because they're positive and they drive you forward. And maybe there's some things in your past that make you feel less than welcome. Maybe there's a sexual past. 
Anyone means anyone, regardless of your past. Maybe, maybe there's, uh, you've been an ex-con or, or maybe you've been recently divorced. Maybe you carry the burden of being a legalist. Maybe alcohol or, or drug addictions or maybe in the past you've been a hypocrite. Maybe in the past you fell. Anyone means everyone. That, that regardless of what your past is, you can come to Jesus. Say, so a pastor, and this is the reality of it. Pastor, if we as a church live like that, this place will get awful messy. <laughs> we'll have people in here that, my goodness, Every once in a while, they'll say a word that we wouldn't say. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, can, can I just make a, an honest confession? Every once in a while, I like to hear a word I wouldn't say because it means it's a, I'm ministering to people that may come from a different experience than me. So, oh, Pastor, you're saying everybody should cuss? No. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is, that the church can be so culturally the same that you don't reach anyone. And of course, by ministry, I've had the opportunity to, to minister pe- to people that have come from, from vastly different experiences than me. And, and I can think of an individual that, that I pastored that, 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 that I can remember going to a men's retreat and, uh, and, and something happening and and the, the, and the words he used to express his frustrations were not words that I would use to express my frustrations. Do you understand what I'm saying? And he wasn't being belligerent or rude or purposefully disrespectful, but he was coming from a different cultural experience where God had called him out of some things and he was moving towards faith and deeper faith and, and, and you know what, I, I believe when the language was expressed, he was a follower, he was. But God hadn't worked on him to that regard yet. Let me, can I ask you something? Do we trust the Holy Spirit enough to work on the inside of people to transform them from the inside out? Do, do we still believe that the Holy Spirit does that? Do, do we still believe that life change comes not from the force of culture, but from the power of the Holy Spirit at work within people? Do we still believe that? That means, if, if that proposition is true, that means people can come to us with messy lives and we can trust the Holy Spirit to do the work. We are not the convicting nature of God. The Holy Spirit is. Now he works through his church, he works through the body, but, but this can get messy. Now am I saying, oh well, We've got to tolerate anything and we've got to condone sin. Uh, when a person uh, becomes a Christian, it's, it's all right for us to talk about what sin is and what sin's not, right? Right? You guys have to get more enthusiastic. Mount Vernon will think Marysville is like a sleepy church, okay? You know, I'm not saying that we condone sin, but we love 
people wherever they can't come from, and we accept accept them at whatever state they are in their walk because that's what Jesus did. That's how Jesus loved people. When Jesus makes the invitation, he says, anyone. So, so we need, to, respond, we need to, to extend a similar invitation. And the truth is, fans don't know how to handle messy spirituality. Messy church. To, to fans of Jesus, it's uncomfortable because to fans, it's all about appearance. It's all about being comfortable. It's not about giving things up. But followers of Jesus are different. Followers see messy Christianity, people coming in with messy lives as an opportunity to listen, to hear their stories to pray with people, to walk with people, to, to hear stories of brokenness and sin and still love people at their very core. Amen. It's significant. Finally, the next point, and this is critical, critical, not critical. Followers are completely committed. It's anyone, everyone is welcome it's anyone, but it's everything. <laughs> that, that when Jesus calls us, he calls us to give him our entire life. It's committed. It's wholehearted. Now, rabbis, they'd call their students, and their students would leave their homes, and they would leave their jobs, and they would leave their families, and they would follow and so Jesus extends this call to, to a tax collector, to a fisherman, to a zealot, to a disciple of John, and they leave. Matthew leaves the tax booth and begins to follow Jesus, which means that, that, that Matthew didn't punch a clock from nine to five and then in his free time follow Jesus, but he followed Jesus all the time. He calls Simon and Andrew and, and, and they leave their fishing boats. And I just saw... In Mark last week, I, I was reading through it. You know, God's word is worth reading. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you know, it's amazing how oftentimes you see stuff you hadn't caught before. And, and for whatever reason, I'd never caught this before. But, but Simon and, and Andrew, it says they leave the fishing to their father's servants. <laughs> In other words, they, to me, as I interpret that, they gave the business to somebody else. Let go of their position. John, the disciple, left following John the Baptist. There was another rabbi he was following. And John left him and began to follow Jesus. It means everything. What about you? Is there things in your past that are holding you back? Is there... Is there something someone said to you or about you or what a parent said or a grandparent said or what you've perceived a parent or grandparent to say that, that's made you reluctant to be a follower? Are there past failures in your life that, that, that are keeping you from wholeheartedly following Jesus? What about you? Are, are you willing to leave behind the past? 
and follow Jesus? And maybe you are. Maybe you've already done that, but stand with me if you will. I'm going to ask the band to come and we're going to open our altars. I believe this is serious time. What about you? This is serious time. We're talking about following Jesus. And, and maybe, maybe you've made that decision a long time ago. Maybe you're following and, and you're doing the best you can and, 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 and God's leading wherever God's calling you're going. You're, you, you've got the attitude of Jesus where it's not my will but your will. Maybe, maybe you're saved, sanctified on your way. Praise the Lord. Now here's the truth. Even in the midst of, of that there's times I believe that we need to talk to God at an altar, right? Amen. Matter of fact, sometimes it's the sanctified people that, that lead us in times like this. Now, now maybe you struggle with the, the everyone part. And maybe God needs to do a new thing in your heart with regard to being open to other people. And the Holy Spirit, maybe you're struggling. You're saying, Pastor, I don't want a messy church. Terry and I got married and we were married for two years before we had kids. And before we had kids, the house was always clean. Then we had kids and everything's never been straight since. It's like that. You know, if we want to be a family that reproduces, the house is going to be messy. Is that true, Kevin? <laughs> but the kids are worth it. Amen. And maybe you're struggling with that. Maybe the Holy Spirit's just talking to you. Altars are good places to deal with that. Maybe you've got a past that just um, you can't let go of. Man, what an awesome day. We're in Ohio, and it's in January, and it's not icing or snowing. It's like, you know, the greatest day on earth. You'll always remember, I got saved in Ohio. I got sanctified on Ohio, and it was 70 degrees in January, right? This is the day. Anyone means everyone, regardless of your past. I'm going to pray with us, and the team's going to lead us in a song. Let me encourage you, if you want to talk to God, to come. Uh, no judgments. If you want somebody to come with you, just, um, just drag them along and tell them to pray with you. Lord, help us now to be obedient to you. In Jesus' name we pray. bowed, all eyes closed. Who would say, Pastor, I'm struggling with this. I, I think God's calling me to something more, but I'm just struggling. Would you just lift your hand real quick? I see your hands. You can put them down. Look at me just a second. I know it's hard to do. I want you to know that the invitation you're feeling is not from me, but it's from Him. 
you've not been invited by a pastor or a preacher or a church into friendship and fellowship with Jesus, but God, through the power of His Holy Spirit, through the gift of Jesus Christ, who came and suffered and died, has invited you, beckoned you, called you into His presence. That same God says you are worthy. You are worthy with friendship with Him. So I'm going to close this in prayer. And you know, the, the altar is an awesome place. I, I believe that. And uh, we'll continue to have altar calls here. I like them. But it's not the only way. That, that as you leave this place today, as long as you continue to speak and talk to God, God can, God can change the trajectory of your life. From fan to follower, to someone who knows about Jesus, to someone who knows Jesus. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, right now, we're thankful that your Holy Spirit is still present and active. As a pastor, Lord, I confess that without your Spirit, this would be worthless motion. We need you. We need you to initiate the process of calling your people. And Lord, I believe by the authority of your word, I I believe by, by your spirit giving testimony to my spirit that you are present here today and you're speaking to hearts. Your word is truth. And you speak truly to us. And when you... When you bid us come, when you ask us into friendship and fellowship, you're saying that we are worthy and friendship with God is possible. So Lord, I pray for those who've lifted their hands, that that you're calling them to something deeper, more meaningful, that, that as this day wears on, that this moment won't pass But Lord, your Holy Spirit will continue to draw. And we'll find ourselves in the midst of conversations with other believers, other followers. And in the midst of those conversations, Lord, as you draw us deeper, we'll say, even so, come Lord Jesus. That we're not waiting, that we're not waiting for the last chapter to be written. But Lord, in this moment of time, in our day, we will invite you into the inner recesses of our heart. Bless these folks, Lord. Thank you for them. Thank you for the testimony of your spirit at work within them. And I pray, Lord, that um, you'll protect them and guide them and lead them. And Lord, we will live lives that bring glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless.